0: If you are in the 81% of aspiring authors out there, stop aspiring and start writing with Reedsy. ReadZ allows indie authors to find and work with the best publishing professionals, from developmental editors to book cover designers to publicists. Just sign up for an author profile, browse the extensive marketplace of professionals, find the best fit for your project, and set a collaboration in motion. And with built-in contracts, protection, and mediation from Readsy, finding qualified freelancers, editors, designers, and marketers as a self-published author just got a lot easier. Go to readsy.com today to sign up and set your first collaboration in motion. That's R-E-E-D-S-Y dot
1: There's distinct stages, and you should expect those stages, challenges, and setbacks. I still don't really understand how I can do it. It's going to be work, and you're going to suffer for your art. <laughs> that sort of story is inspirational to a lot of wannabe writers out there who feel they have a book in them but are living a totally different life at the moment and and the answer that i think is both you know it's going to be exciting you're going to have breakthroughs and you're also going to suffer and have setbacks and that's all part of the same journey
0: taking a book the whole nine yards from an idea in your head to words on a page from a scribble on a napkin to a listing on amazon that's easier said than done but it's also easier than you'd think I'm your host, Casimir M. Stone, and this is Readsy's Best Seller, the podcast demystifying the process of self-publishing a book for aspiring novelists everywhere, one episode at a time. This is Season 4, Chapter 4, Branding Yourself. In 2015, an Instagram influencer named Caroline Calloway landed a deal with Flatiron Books, the same trade publisher, in fact, who put out that controversial new novel, American Dirt. The deal would pay almost 400 grand for a memoir that she had yet to write. She was 23 at the time. So, how did a student fresh out of school land the deal of a lifetime? Well, in a way, it was something she'd been working toward her whole lifetime. Calloway and a fellow NYU student, Natalie Beach, met in a college writing course where she'd been turning in personal essays about boarding schools and summer flings, using the loose structure of creative nonfiction to present a version of herself straight out of Gossip Girl. And after a summer abroad in Sicily, 90,000 followers began eating that vision up, as Callaway posed for photos and beach wrote captions to perfectly encapsulate that image an adventurous jet setter that everyone browsing Instagram in the back of a classroom wanted to be. You may have heard of Callaway before, but probably not from any book. Her memoir never materialized more on that later, but lately she's grown her following to almost a million, while also making headlines in BuzzFeed, Vice, and the New York Times for selling a so-called creativity workshop so disastrous that some compared it to a one-woman fire festival. Beach herself even published an essay in The Cut, detailing how Callaway's turbulent real life was a far cry from the carefree image she put out into the world. But before all that, Callaway had a mission to make herself the person she'd always wanted to be, and she realized it by creating a personal brand, an online presence that took a single aspect of her personality and made her an authority on it, through posts, photos, business ventures, and, yes, in theory... A nonfiction book. Is this something that you've worked with your um, students on? How some of your students have developed their own missions or, th- or their brands?
1: Yes, absolutely. We talked about you know introduced this concept of the "before I die" wall, and you know that's a that's a global art exhibit. This wall that just says "before I die, I will," and people put up and write what they want to do before they die. We do that same thing in class. Um, I say, you know, before I die. Um, and then write on a post-it note all the things you want to do and put it up on the wall. But I will also say, you know, when you are 21, 22, it's good to start thinking about those concepts and to remind yourself why you're taking that organic chemistry test and what it all means. You can't quite grasp it until later um, because you're still just kind of gathering all the raw material and gathering all of the, all of the things that you will use to build your life. It's going to take it's going to take you many more years before you figure out what your mission actually is. Um, And that's okay.
0: Comparing personal brands to bucket lists might seem a little too original or maybe just too morbid. But hey, that's creativity for you. So hear me out. Personal branding is an ongoing process of developing and maintaining a reputation and impression of an individual, group, or organization. According to Wikipedia, that is, it's not in the dictionary yet, which is actually a bit of a shock because these days it seems like everyone has one. With countless platforms out there, it's easier than ever to pick something you want to accomplish, find something you're good at that will help you do so, and then start publishing content that proves it.
1: You know, and whether that's video, whether that's dancing on TikTok, whether that's writing, you know, whatever it it may be, you can't be all things to all people on every platform, so you find what your strength is and then play to it.
0: And it's something very crucial to nonfiction authors interested in self-publishing a book, like Tim Sigalski, author of The Creative Journey and Our Subject This Season. When we last left off, remember, Tim had just finished creating the curriculum for a class on creativity that he'd also created. Whether you're teaching a college course or not, the purpose of nonfiction is education, taking information you've mastered and passing it on. But as Tim discovered, that actually requires a tricky balance. You have to establish yourself as an authority on the subject you're teaching, but you also have to relate to your audience on their level. So usually, nonfiction books are sold as an extension of a pre-existing personal brand.
1: This book represents a lot more of what I do. It's not just, here, I wrote a book, read it. It's, I wrote a book, I also have more writings about it and reflections ongoing as a blog. I have a class I teach about it, and I can also help others tell their own stories, um, share how they're creative or how their mission has helped others um, by ghostwriting, by editing, So it's become much more than just this book in and of itself.
0: We live in an era where learning about creativity means paying an Instagram influencer $200 to take selfies while eating boxed kale from Whole Foods. And no, that's not a dig at millennial culture. That's exactly what Callaway's creative workshop turned out to be. So, a man who spent 20 years working his way up in the reporting world just to fall victim to the recession's wave of newsroom layoffs and wind up at a Midwestern university teaching a class that he had to make up himself? That isn't most college students' ideas of a creative.
1: There's definitely a happy medium. Like, you know, you should have credibility, but... You have to like see what else do I bring to it.
0: Through his storytelling background and little creative flourishes like opening Syllabus Week by talking about death, Tim did connect with his students. But that's an easier sell in a classroom than on Amazon. To get the rest of the world to respect his creative authorita, Tim had to become an authority on something entirely different first. Personal branding.
1: And I used Readsy to publish my first actual paperback. I think in 2016 when I wrote my social media analytics book and uh, actually created it, you know, not just a a PDF or online version, but a a paper book.
0: Yes, long before his creativity class, Tim created a whole other class on social media analytics, which he also teaches using his own self-published textbook. And said book and class turn personal branding into a literal science.
1: It's more about, you know, like how do I take this thing, social media, that I know, and then teaching them how can I measure it, how can I grow it, how can I see what's working, how can I see what's not working, and how can I take a strategic approach?
0: Which is ironic because Tim doesn't even like the concept in the first place.
1: I mean, I I don't love the phrase, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what's your personal brand?
0: So how did Tim go about building his personal brand? And how did he go from hating the idea to teaching it to an entire generation? Well, true to form, it's a long story. Yes, these days, everyone seems to have one, but Tim wasn't always writing in these days.
1: I am technically an old millennial. I was born in 1981, so I'm right on the cusp of, of, of the oldest millennial, I think in 1980 and, and after. Um, so I kind of straddled this like time period between too young for Gen X... Too old for millennial, older than Gen Z, could almost be their parents in a few years. When Tim started writing, personal branding wasn't even a thing yet. So when I, I, mean, when I first started writing, that I don't think that was a term. <laughs> I don't think that was a thing.
0: But he did have a reason for writing.
1: So if you can't define what your goal is in social media, you, you're wasting your time.
0: And there's a reason I start every one of my interviews with the same question. Why do you write? because everyone has an answer.
1: Um, I just wrote because I liked to write, and I wanted to write, and I wanted to tell people stories. And so, I mean, you can call that a mission, you can call it a personal brand, call it whatever you want. Um, and somewhere along the way, that became like, well, that's that's my that's my brand. That's my thing, writing-wise.
0: So Tim started looking for ways to carry out his mission and happened to land on some very familiar platforms.
1: I grew up with, you know, MySpace and then Facebook when it first started and Twitter when it first started. You know, I, I joined in like 2006. So, I mean, I've, I've had experience in all these kind of different platforms. But, you know, I mean, the, there's so many now that you see the people who do it well tend to double down their strong suits.
0: Tim knew why he was publishing content and he knew where to publish it to. Next, he needed to identify his strengths. What experience did he have that others would find valuable? But that, of course, was its own journey. I've certainly seen a lot of people, you know, who maybe think they're playing to one of their strengths and it is not really one of their strengths. So, like, how do you figure out what people are willing to, like, pay you to tell them about, essentially?
1: Yeah, I mean, everyone can't be a superstar, right? Uh, (laughs) So, I read Glass, who basically invented a whole style of radio and podcasting with this American life. And now there's a billion copycats. He had a speech that went viral and he's like, talks about like how your taste is more defined before your skill. So he's like, when you first start doing whatever it is you want to do, you're going to be like, ah, this sucks. Like, I'm not that good at it. Uh, You know, but that's just the price of any skill. And so, I mean, like, no matter what you do, you're, you're going to be bad at at the beginning. You know, it's just, it's just continuing to do that.
0: But he did find a way to make it look easy. Just because personal branding is done on a public platform doesn't mean the work has to be. What did that period of time look like for you when you, you, you know, had a smaller audience and were still trying to kind of find your footing and find out what they were coming to you for?
1: It's happened in waves, you know, I mean, there's there's certainly it's not just one period where like you're bad at something and all of a sudden you're good and you're good at it forever. Um, You know, I mean, I think back to the early days of social media and I don't even know what I was doing, you know, uh, like what I was putting on Twitter, what I was experimenting with.
0: Tim improved privately, but publicly, his focus only ever narrowed.
1: The blogs I'm writing, writing about creativity now they reflect what's going on in the world or my own personal experience. So I wrote about you know, Frozen 2, which is such a perfect hero's journey story. <laughs> it has all of the elements and themes that I wrote about and show a model of how to be creative and how to be courageous. And so it made sense that I would write about that because it reflects what I believe, what I talk about in the book, and then also its topical and relevant to what people have had in their mind as that movie came out. So, you know, it's it's okay I think at first to just sort of mess around on your platforms and mess around on your canvas and see what results, but then as as you figure it out, then you start to focus on those things more intentionally. And that also is kind of a reflection of what I talk about in my book, where the early stages are just sort of bumbling through and getting lost and failing and not quite sure where you're gonna go But once you find that thread, that direction, that's when you start to focus and double down on it.
0: And through this process of adopting new platforms early, using them to find a perspective and eventually publishing polished, valuable, and for lack of a better term, on-brand content that supports it, Tim unintentionally turned himself into an authority on the one thing he never even wanted to do, personal branding. But now he had a new experience that others would find valuable. So he created his social media analytics class to once again pass information on. Of course, it is still very much a class taught by Tim Sigalski, which means, regardless of the topic, creativity is always on the syllabus.
1: I teach in terms of what I know, what framework I know, so I use the who, what, when, where, why, and how.
0: So let's dig into another of Tim's curriculums and see what building a brand looks like for the rest of us.
1: We start with a mission. So what is it you want to accomplish? Know that before you do anything else, because you can look at Facebook analytics or Instagram analytics and see a spike. You can see engagement. You can see likes. But what, to what end is, are you doing that for? And, and that's kind of the big lesson I give them is you can measure anything But what are you measuring it for? What do you want to do at the end of the day?
0: Basically, the basis of your brand is whatever you'd pin up on that before I die wall. For Tim, that meant telling other people's stories. And then he had to decide who to tell them to.
1: Who is your audience? How do you define them? What do they look like? What are their demographics? How do you have the ideal person in mind?
0: Last week, we talked about how Tim found creative ways to take his audience's perspective and relate to his ideal reader. Evidently, that's work you have to do when branding yourself, too, if you want to take real significant steps on the journey toward your goal, whatever that may be.
1: What are metrics? So, what, is, uh, what does success look like? How do you define that? How is it a real-world outcome? Not just likes on Facebook. Uh, what's your KPI? So, what, uh, you know, what, what shows progress toward your goal? Uh, what are your intermediate metrics? Like, what do you do on a daily basis that then moves the KPI, that moves your success metric? Um, and then what are vanity metrics? So what, what's, the, what's a distraction? What's, what may look good on social media, but really at the end of the day doesn't do anything for you or your goals?
0: KPI stands for Key Performance Indicators. Basically, those are quantitative ways to measure success. With social media, you'd think that means likes. But in reality, those are probably closer to the vanity metrics Tim mentioned. He'd suggest thinking past the phone screen.
1: Ideally, that has a real-world application. So, whether you want to sell more tickets to a concert, or you want to raise more money for a nonprofit, or you want to get more volunteers for a service event, how can you do that with social media? And how can you measure it? And what what do you want to do is with your goal?
0: Then there's the when.
1: When are the peak times, and when are the not peak times? So you know, you can just you can just spam Instagram with links all day but does it matter when you do it
0: there's the where
1: where so what platforms are you going to use um that you know reaches your audience uh so you know again to go back to like you can't be everywhere so between facebook and instagram and twitter and tiktok and linkedin and google and every place else like how are you going to choose what you're going to do and that goes back to looking at demographics and who's actually on the platform and who you reach
0: and finally there's the how
1: how are you going to manage it in terms of what tools you use? So do you have team management? Do you have a customer relationship management system? Do you have an enterprise system? Do you use native tools? That sort of thing. How do you report things out? So how do you how do you look at your results? Who do you share that with?
0: Every semester, Tim asks those questions. The answers come together to build a personal brand for each of his students and perhaps for you. Of course, having built his own platform many years before, that's not work Tim himself did, at least not on purpose.
1: It didn't happen in terms of I figured out my mission. Now I'm going to go do it. It was more I did these things. Now I have to define what that means. So yeah, I mean, like part of it was was it was you know my life's work, and this book in some ways represents my life's work. And it's what do I do, (laughs) and why do I do it, and what does that mean? And I took all that work and boil it into this phrase and this mission of here's what i do
0: but if there's one thing tim's story shows it's that by digging into any process you can see the creativity behind the surface by retracing the steps of any journey you can see how similar it looks to everyone
1: else's it kind of has become my personal brand in this idea that it's not just about the book i have it's about the skills i can provide others and for other you know, nonfiction writers, that may be speaking, that may be consulting, that might be building websites. Uh, it's, it's an array of skills that they do, and the book is one showcase of that.
0: And by following those steps again, Tim now hopes to continue recapturing his brand success with his book, this time with Intention
1: 2. I'm also in, my, in the MBA program right now. I got my master's a couple of years ago in communication and I'm in the MBA program right now. so i I actually put in for an independent study to actually put in a marketing plan that that kind of incorporates all those sort of things. so I was <laughs> I, so I figured maybe I could do two things at once: take my own advice and do it as a marketing plan and then take a class that is that marketing plan (laughs) and share it. So that's kind of my plan right now is double dip in terms of like a strategic plan that I can get credit for while I'm taking my MBA degree.
0: Tim seems to have an uncanny grasp of the intersection between teaching and learning, fiction and nonfiction, creativity and real life. From his own creative journeys, he learns just as much as he hopes to pass
1: on. I am using some of those principles. So one of the things with seasonality Um, I use Google Trends to see, like, when people pay attention to certain words and phrases and that sort of thing. And people look to increase their creativity two times a year. One is around Halloween, and the second is around New Year's. You know, New Year's resolutions, people want to lose weight, get in shape, read more, be more creative.
0: In fact, The Creative Journey was actually self-published on the first day of the new decade. And no, that's not a coincidence. Tim might not be a globe-trotting socialite, but he is a journeyer. And from each journey, he learns an important lesson to take with him into the next. Which brings us back to Caroline Calloway. After her creativity workshop and a pitchfork-tiered journalistic takedown by her own best friend, Calloway became a memeable synonym for millennial entitlement and online deception. Her strengths might not be in actual creativity, but when it comes to captivating the internet, she is a natural. And to her credit, Calloway realized that. Now she has a new book launch scheduled for later this year. Her indie debut, actually, hilariously titled Scammer. Is this one a scam too? Only time will tell. But one thing is for sure. When it comes to scams, everyone now knows that Calloway knows what she's talking about. And so, if creativity means applying the same boundary-breaking mindset to all ventures, I'd say Tim's proven himself an authority, too.
1: When I teach the class, they both kind of start the same way. They start with sort of these broad overviews of, you know, what do you want to do in the world? What do you want to actually accomplish? And that could be anything. And then once you kind of have that broad mission, then you start to drill down to, okay, what do you need to accomplish at? How are you going to focus? How are you going to define it? They, they both sort of have the same format. You know, it's like this idea in marketing, they call it a funnel, you know, like broad to narrow, like broadest audience to your converting to your customers. Um, you know, in, in writing, you have the inverted pyramid and the same with social media analytics. You, know, you start with like this broad goal and then how you can creatively share that story. It's the most like abstract part of your plan. And then you you drill down to like, okay, well... <laughs> What tool are you going to use to post that video? Which is a pretty specific question. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't really think of it that way before, but everything starts broad and then, you know, gets down to the nitty gritty details.
0: So the point is, when selling a book through branding, it's best to start with a well-identified audience that's relatively small. Then, as you look to expand, you work on branding yourself and tapping into channels that may not convert to sales as much because you've already exhausted the smaller ones. It's through this creative process that Tim sold his book and sold himself as an expert on creativity. And through that authority, Tim reached a generation that couldn't be more different from him. Knowing how to establish, support, and further your mission is crucial for all of us, whether we're publishing our nonfiction or building a personal brand, telling other people's stories or our own, or something else entirely.
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think like, like numbers without creativity are, are, you know, soulless, you know, and, and creativity without numbers aren't accountable. So yeah, I think you need kind of both things. And and that's why I try to balance. Yeah. Good observation.
0: But when it comes to nonfiction, knowing why you're selling something is only half the battle. You also need to actually sell it. And when you're on a creative journey, that means a lot more than just a listing on Amazon,
1: You keep doing good quality work, and then maybe one out of a hundred articles goes viral.
0: Brought to you by Readsy, this is Best Seller. Over the course of this season, we'll follow an indie author's journey from start to finish in five chapters, exploring each step it takes to turn real life into a compelling read. Next up is season four, chapter five, A Long Way to Go Viral. This episode was written, hosted, and produced by me, Casimir M. Stone. If you liked it, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Our guest this season is Tim Segalski. You can purchase his book, The Creative Journey, on Amazon, and you can check out his other works of nonfiction on Twitter at C-I-G-E-L-S-K-E, on Medium at T-E-E-Cycle Tim, and at a variety of other outlets, including Runner's World, The A.V. Club, and Readzy Discovery. This podcast, like so many self-published books out there, is made possible by Readsy, a marketplace that connects indie authors with the tools that traditional publishing houses would usually provide, such as editors, book cover designers, and publicists. You can learn more about Readsy on Instagram at Readsy underscore HQ, on Twitter at Readsy or online at R-E-E-D-S-Y dot com.